Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back to the podcast and the YouTube channel. Thank you for being here. And right now we are into the BMW Championship, the second round, if you will, the second wave of an event in the FedEx Cup playoffs. And we have next week the Tour Championship, which if you're not familiar, last year was very wonky. The person who ranks first in the FedEx Cup points is going to have a 10 under. They're going to start with a two-stroke lead over the person ranking second. So it's this huge formula that you can pretty much knock out like five to 10 guys based on how much they're actually scoring their like career highs and if they'll actually even ever be able to place in the top 10 or top five at that point or damn near win the event, right? But we can discuss that more next week. I apologize. This should be out on time, but if for some reason it's not out until Tuesday, it's because I've been battling headaches today. I've been battling some chills and stuff. I'm not sure if I'm sick. We got to wait and see, but we're going to plan it right now that this is going to come out later on in today, Monday. It depends. I'm trying to, I have lights on, but I'm trying to fight through a little bit of some headache pains, but we should be able to get it out. If not, I'll just edit it tomorrow if I'm feeling a little bit better. Let's now talk through this event as we have our field set with the top 70 players. DraftKings salaries released about an hour ago as I was finishing up some of my research. It's going to be at Olympia Fields Country Club, and there's been a, you know, some amateur events that Bryson won, I think, uh, a couple of years back, um, a little more than a couple of years back, but there hasn't been an actual event here. Uh, the ladies PGA Tour was here, but we haven't seen a men's PGA Tour here or any events since 2003. So the data that you're going to be looking at for key stats is a little bit wonky. But we can make some assumptions based on the data that we do have and the fact that it's a par 70 and it's coming in a little bit over 7,300 yards and it has very long par fives and a couple of long par threes, one really long par three, one of the longest on tour. So Olympia Fields, 7,366 yards. It's a par 70. It is known again for one of its longer par threes, 250 plus yards and two par fives over 600 yards. The easiest hole in the course is actually a par five. This one coming in at five 155 yards. The scoring average there is a 4.75. So obviously averaging a birdie, anything under five strokes, that is 4.75 strokes. It comes in as the easiest hole on the course. That is the sixth hole. And three of the easiest, the three easiest holes on the actual course are going to be on the front nine. So the 16th, 17th, and 18th most easiest will be on the front nine if you're looking for any type of potential birdie streaks there. So before we get into the actual salary by salary price ranges, again, it is a 70 person field. It is a no cut event. And the top 30 in the FedEx Cup point rankings will move on to next week. It is not the top 30 from this field. to the top 30 in the FedEx Cup point rankings from the entire season. So people that are pretty much locked in right now in like the top five, top 10, really doesn't matter what they're going to be doing. It's going to be the people that are in that bubble. If you're like the 70th person right now, there's a really good chance unless you win this event that you're probably not actually going to move on to next week. But there is a huge incentive right now that if you are in that top five, top 10 buying for positions, you want to be number one. You want to start with a 10 stroke lead. This is a huge prize pool up top next week at the tour championship. You want to start where I believe it was John Rahm last year, starting at 10 under with a two stroke lead over anybody else in the field. That's a huge advantage for some of the top players in the world. And even if you don't win the event and you struggle and you lose a couple of strokes, you're probably not sliding outside the top 10 at that point. And I would expect the salary ranges on these guys to be massive next week. So I say all that just to let you know that there is incentives for this week. And and before we get into it, like button for me real quick, if you're watching on the YouTube video and a big old subscribe button as I edit that one and hopefully knock on one, I'll be doing that on Monday. If you're following on the podcast, reviewing the podcast and actually, actually just subscribing and liking is going to go a really long way. So I appreciate that. I'm pumping out content for the NBA playoffs right now. These golf playoffs, Yes, this is this is the playoff season for golf. And then the NFL starts in about two to two and a half weeks. So I'm very, very excited for all of that. You can find out all of my exclusive content, tools, projections, rankings, all that stuff for golf. Link down below on my Patreon. So let's get into this $10,000 plus range and some of the key stats I'm looking at. I'm going to be looking at approach. I'm going to be looking at par 70 scoring, par five and par three scoring. The approach play from 175 to 200 yards. T to green as we always do. I'm going to be factoring, of course, putting as we always do, just so I don't get Corey Connors always looking like the best play on the slate for me. Uh, and that And then be 
becomes an issue. It looked like a good play if he can putt, but he hasn't gained strokes putting, I believe, in a month now. And then back in 2003 and some of the other smaller sample size data that we have, it has been a little bit more difficult here to hit the fairways and the greens and regulations. But again, we're working with smaller samples. We're working with wildly different technology almost two decades ago, 20 years ago, almost is what the technology on those clubs were. So it's a totally different sphere. So it's really hard to try and judge it off of that. We'll try and judge it just off of some course comps that we can put it to and the data that we do have. But I don't want to try and overdo it when it comes to those types of areas. The good thing is that it's a no cut event. Some of the top and most of the top players in the world are going to actually be here. So this helps us out. This gives us an edge to just kind of say, let's just play the good players. But of course, it's not as simple as that unless you're playing on Superdraft, which is going to be the sponsor of the $10,000 plus range of the studs on this slate. 50% deposit match up to $1,000 if you go and sign up for Superdraft. They have great multipliers. I now have Superdraft projections on the Patreon. So if you are a Patreon and you're not yet signed up, be sure to go over to Superdraft and sign up. Promo code SAL gets you a 50% deposit match up to $1,000. No salary caps over there. It's just a multiplier. So for right now, for example, I haven't actually looked at the multipliers. I haven't pulled them. They weren't out the last time I checked. But if you had Dustin Johnson, if you have one of these top guys, they'll only get one times their points. But let's just say Patrick Reed is going to be a 1.25 times his points. So Patrick Reed actually gets a 25% bonus for kind of judging that skill gap, at least that they're assuming. That's where you can get huge performances out of those players. So it's a totally different game. It's pretty fun. You can sign up down below. There's a link in the description using that promo code SAL. Get you 50% deposit match up to $1,000. So the $10,000 plus range, I won't zoom in because I want to make sure all the key stats from the Strokes Gain database is still on the screen. Some notes that I actually took this week while going through the 70 person field. I went through every single player so far. That's why I took about an extra hour today. But yes, Dustin Johnson wins in just absolute runaway fashion last week. He comes in at single digit odds, eight to one, and he comes in only two players above 11,000 or at or above. And the only one above it is Dustin Johnson at 11,500. He's been playing absolutely fantastic. I mean, in terms of birdie or better opportunities gained, he's top three in that department. I was not on Dustin last week. I didn't play any single entry at three max. I just played a uh, top 150. I played 150 maxes. So ended up sorting my top 150s and I ended up getting Dustin Johnson like 6% of my lineups. Wasn't enough to have a huge week. Wasn't enough to have nobody cash, right? So that's good. <laughs> at least we didn't go without having Dustin Johnson's almost record-breaking and record-breaking DraftKings scoring performances up there with some of the best of all time, JT at the Tour of Champions. We walked out of that one with some of our dollar-dollar bills back. But if you don't have him, it's hard to have a huge week. It, I mean, it's impossible to have a huge week if you're not having him. He was literally like two to three golfers in one just himself. So as of right now, there's nobody in this range that I'm just going to tell you is a bad play. You're here with the best players in the world in the playoffs, right? So these guys that are $10,000 and above, they're all fine in my opinion. It's going to come down to ownership. Last week, you saw Dustin Johnson was lower owned. This week, I want to see and I'm going to be interested to see what the ownership is. I'm assuming it's going to gravitate towards Bryson, but his miscut last week hopefully puts him in a better spot. He lost 4.2 strokes putting. He is the number one putter in the world right now between five and 10 feet. And he's obviously great outside that range as he ranks overall in this entire field right now, the fifth overall putter when you factor in all ranges of putting. So him to lose 4.2 strokes is something of just standing out. It's the most he's lost in a while. So for Bryson at 10,600, I'm going right back to the well on Bryson. I like the price point of 10,600. He's the one who stands out the most to me right now. But if you look at all the guys up here in the price ranges, like JT, yeah, JT struggled last week. He struggled with the putter, which is by far the weakest part of his game in this field of 70 golfers. He ranks 52nd. So not a good putter in JT. He lost four strokes last week. He lost 3.5 strokes the week before and 1.9 the week before that. And he still finished. He won the WGC losing two strokes putting. Then he finishes 37th and 49th the last couple of weeks. That's with a bad putter. If the putter does anything, he's going to do what he was doing when he won. And then before that at the Memorial with an 18th, a second place. So I'm hoping that JT's 49th place finish last week and just him struggling somewhat as a top ranked golfer in the world the last two weeks. The new number one is now Dustin Johnson. I'm hoping that it lowers the ownership here because pretty much whoever's the lowest owned, I'm going to go to this week. That was Dustin Johnson last week and he wins. These guys are all fantastic. Some of them have blimps on the radar over the last couple of weeks, whether it's JT's putting, whether it was Bryson's putting last week, but for the most part, I'm fine going back to them. Rory is the one guy who it's been, it's been a problem for him for a while.
well. I think actually the guy who's always the most owned in this range, if you go back before the pandemic started, now Rory might be the lowest owned in this range. And it's for good reason. His short game has been abysmal. Last week, he loses 8.7 strokes around the green and putting in the short game. The week before that, 1.7. The week before that, two strokes. It's been very bad. The week before that, 5.6 around the green. So he's been struggling. Now he's making cuts still because he's just that good when it comes to his approach play, when it comes to his off the tee, but he's finished 65th, 33rd, 47th, and 32nd since the Memorial over the last month. That's not very good for your $10,000 plus player. Now it's all because of the short game. There's been some weeks in there where his approach play gets away from him, but at 10,300, he's probably the guy right now that I'm least likely to play. But what did I say earlier? The guy who's the lowest owned, who's going to come in like 8% like Dustin Johnson was last week, I'm probably going to pile onto for some points. So, and an ownership at that point, he probably becomes my favorite or close to my favorite option. Right now it's Bryson. I'm hoping he's not wildly overowned, but I would expect Rory would be the lowest owned guy. DJ just won. Maybe it's him because of the price bump. People just don't think he wins back to back, although he's been competing. He's won twice since the restart. He finished second. He finished high up there to the PGA Championship, right? So it's not like he's not competing. It's not like he's just showing up and, and, and popping up huge finishes. John Rahm goes up $1,000. He looks fine to me as well. Last week, he gained in all categories. He finished T6. We had a lot of him and he looked good at the price point where he was the chalky option because he was cheap. And I do think that this week, that player actually could be Webb. He finished with a third place at the Wyndham, a sixth place last week to start the playoffs off. And he's just been fantastic. He gained everywhere. He actually had zero strokes gained off the tee. So he didn't lose anywhere last week to be exact, but he gained 4.1 putting. I mean, with the putter, you're never really going to worry. You're not going to say, oh, Webb's going to regress because he just gained four strokes putting. No, Webb has gained strokes in seven straight events with the putter. I feel fine about that. And the approach play has been clicking, gaining five strokes at the Wyndham, gaining 2.2 strokes. It was, it was a little bit shaky for like the past month before that, but it has been clicking. Everything right now is clicking for Webb. The off the tee will be his like main and, and only concern when you're looking at Webb Simpson to kind of see where his game ranks out around everybody else up here. So I think right now, early on, I'm leaning Bryson and Webb as my favorite options. I'm hoping they're not the chalkiest options, but I have no issue. I, like, I, I have no issue right now with John Rahm or Justin Thomas. I would say that Dustin Johnson or Rory are the least appealing to me, but if that ends up being the case for everybody and they end up being close to single digit ownership, I'm going to go right back to there. Yeah, it's been a rough month for Rory, but he's just playing absolutely terrible around the green and putting with the short game. And he's still finishing like 30th. He's still finishing like top 20. So in some of these situations, he's playing as bad as possible like he did last week and he's still making the cut. So it's not great to just make the cut at this price point, but I want to say that the, the wheels are not completely off on Rory. There's a lot of issues there, but that's why ownership is going to have to delegate that all out for me. So if I had to give you a quick early first look kind of rank of this, I would go Bryson, Webb, Rom, JT, Dustin Johnson and Rory, but I, I'm assuming that the ownership on JT and Rory is going to lead me to get to more of them. And that's completely fine. So let's now head down to the $9,000 range. And as we head down to this range, I think it's another range filled with guys that I do indeed like to see. So Xander up top, I think he stays at the exact same price point as last week at $9,900. But Xander's been heating up and he's been playing as consistent as anybody at this point. So his 25th place finish last week was the first time he hasn't finished with a top 20 performance since the RBC where he finished 64th and barely made the cut back in June. And if you take out that RBC, he's be, he's finished top 25 or better in every single place. Last week, he lost 0.3 strokes putting. Other than that, he gained in all areas. His game is just very sound right now. I think he's very live to win this in 18 to one number. You can find 20 to one in a lot of spots. I'm actually going to turn into Xander as a yes. And last week, my biggest decision was Webb or Xander. I ended up going to Webb last week. Xander ends up having a very good finish. If we're talking about who I got more ownership towards, and they're pretty much coming in at similar price points, Webb now more expensive. So we'll see here what happens. Like I can start my lineups with Bryson and I'm fine to go then to Webb or Xander, whoever's lower owned there. I like the way that both of their games are lining up right now. Xander's approach play, if anything, has been shaky. He lost 5.6 at the WDC, didn't gain anything at the PGA, and barely gained a half a stroke last week at the Northern Trust. But everything else is clicking that if the approach play actually goes decent, he's going to be popping off. His putting has actually improved a lot since the restart. Morikawa is another guy that I want to talk about. Morikawa, similar things happened, I would say, about 
two months ago. He loses strokes. He misses his first cut like ever on tour and he loses strokes and he bleeds strokes on approach when he missed the cut at the Travelers, lost 3.3. Now he just lost the most strokes he ever has on approach, losing 4.3, at least that we have data for. And a lot of people hopefully jump off of him at $9,500. I'm going to stay right there on him for a guy who, if he wins, becomes the number one player in the world. It's still top five in the world right now, which is pretty crazy. It was the most strokes he's ever lost with his his weapon, his approach, his irons. That's the number one thing for him. It was the most he's ever lost. I'm not saying this is going to be, oh no, it's time to panic because that happened. I'm saying, no, this is a blimp on the radar and it's just something that's an outlier. And now his price point drops. He's $9,500. So I do like Morikawa. I'm hoping people jump off of him at this point. He did lose a stroke putting, which is going to be kind of commonplace here and there for him. But if the putter's decent and it has been a lot better since the restart and he's not having a historically bad performance with his irons, I think he's going to be fine. And I think you still get a guy who's there week in and week out, just ready to win. Accurate has distance on him. I like $9,500 Morikawa. Those are my two favorite plays right now in the 9K range, Morikawa and Xander. Scotty did shoot a 59. Scotty does have this very, very good just track record of birdie or better averages getting low for you. So in a no-cut event, a guy like Scotty Scheffler becomes much more appealing because he can blow up. He can shoot like five over and then he's going to miss the cut for you if he does that on a Thursday or a Friday. But if he does that now on one of those days, he still has days to go seven under or 10 under uh, the rest of the event. So Scotty's at least in play for me. Jason Day had the second worst, at least database-wise, second worst performance with his irons, losing 6.5 strokes. And he was very solid and consistent before that. He's the only guy I have as a no here. You can make him a maybe because I assume the ownership will be lower around where he is. Maybe not though. We'll have to see. I'm hoping like Morikawa doesn't pick up ownership and all these other guys do. Scotty's performance last week gets him there with back-to-back top four finishes, fourth place exactly. Jason Day, people always love Xander. So I'm hoping that happens, but I'll have to wait to see on the ownership. The reason I make him a no is just to kind of give you an option above $9,000 if I had to pick one that I don't like, and it would be Jason Day. After that, it might be Dustin Johnson all the way up top, to be honest with you, just because of the price difference of, let's just say $1,000 basically between him and Bryson. And I like Bryson a lot right now. Now we move into this 8K range where Patrick Cantley's in the 8K range for the first time in a while. A guy who always is just right around $9,500 to $10,000, it seems. He has been struggling. And he's been struggling similar, I would say, into Rory in terms of a guy who until last week had not been missing cuts, had just been placing in like the T35 range on average. And it wasn't all because of the putter, although last week it was. He lost 3.4 strokes putting last week. Uh, that's not a great performance for him. It's nowhere near a career worst, right? 3.4 is anything crazy. But I would say it's like around his top 10 worst that he's ever had. He's not a guy who usually loses that many putting. We're used to him being pretty good. That was the most he's lost, I would say, until last August, the Tour Championship, where he lost 6.5. So last BMW, not the same place, but he gained six. Last year at the Northern Trust, not the same place, but he gains 4.6. So Cantley at $8,900, right away, the price point uh, alerts me that this is a good play. He has been struggling though for the past month. So if the ownership is going to be high, it's very similar to Sanjay M. He continues to pick up like 15 to 20% ownership and he's been struggling for two months. So I will say that there are some concerns in Cantley's game now. Dropping outside the top 10 has not been performing well really since July at the workday where he finished top 10 and he gained in all categories. He has not gained in all categories since then. So it's a little bit hesitant for me. Patrick Green's irons finally cooled off and his irons cooled off for back-to-back weeks of gaining over a stroke with the irons and kind of a couple of strokes. And then he loses strokes with a putter too. So that's just a recipe for disaster for Patrick Reed. So I don't think those two things happen often together. Patrick Reed usually is going to lose with the irons, if anything, and gain with the putter. That's what we're used to. He gained the past month of play with the putter and he gained back-to-back weeks with the irons. And that's why you got a ninth and a 13th. He finished his 49th last week, losing strokes in both. And that's actually kind of encouraging that you didn't get a missed cut, even though he lost in two of the, the key stats that I think last week are going to translate over to this week. So if anything in this upper 8K range, it would be Patrick Reed for me. I don't want to go back to Tiger. The stroke scan and the short game are just really concerning right now. It's not just the putting, it's around the green play. So guys around him, I just prefer a little bit more. Tony Finau's putter cooled off last week. He lost over five strokes in the short game. I believe he missed the cut. So that's fine. I, I think I'm fine going back to Tony Finau in that department. I don't expect him to lose that much. I think if I had to pick one above $8,500 right now, probably be Patrick 
agreed. Hideki has gained strokes putting in back-to-back weeks for the first time since this time last year, since mid-August to end of August last year. So you can take what you want from that. During that time, he actually gained in three straight events. So if you want to say that the trend continues there, but if he's going to do that, yeah, he's going to finish in like the top 20s or better. And that's what you've got in the past two weeks. So if you think the trend continues, you can go there. After that, to kind of close out this 8K range, it's hard to ignore just what Harris English is doing. Like, yes, he's going to continue to pick up ownership in my opinion, but it's hard for me to come on this show and not say that he's a good play because of what he's been doing. This is what his track record has been since the waste management back in March, ready? Or back in February, a 16th, a 17th, a 9th, a miscut, his only miscut that was in June, the first week back. And then a 17th, 13th, 18th, 20th, 23rd, and a second place finish last week after he gained in all areas. His putter has been fantastic. He's gained strokes putting in every single event since February. He's gained strokes around the green in every single event since February. He's now gained strokes on the approach in six straight events since the RBC Heritage the week after he missed the cut. So he's just a walking top 20 right now. It's hard to ignore what he's doing and he's priced at $8,300. So I think he's going to be owned. I think he's going to be heavily owned, but it's just not a bad play in my opinion. If he gets to like 30 plus percent ownership, like we had, I believe it was around a month ago, he came in with 28.6 ownership at the 3M, 25 at the Wyndham. Then you can start to pivot away because there are other really good options in this range, whether it's some of the ones we just talked about, whether it's a guy in Tyrell Hatton, who's right next to him. He gained in all areas last week, finishes a top 25 and it took away some of the concerns of his games being shaky before that. So I think Hatton at 8,300 and English at 8,300, I'd be shocked if both of them at the exact same price point pick up a lot of ownership because normally when you have exactly 8,300 left or 8,400 left and you see two guys at a similar price point, normally people's minds listening to podcasts and stuff will gravitate to whichever one they hear the most of. And that's where ownership piles on. So I'm going to get more of whichever one is lower owned, but I like both of those guys. And then you can kind of just say what you want about the rest of them. Adam Scott lost 3.4 strokes in the short game. That's not his biggest downfall with the putter. So I don't expect that to happen yet again. Matthew Wolf, his irons cooled off. He lost 1.9 on a stroke on approach after having a couple of hot weeks there. I think he's fine to go back to. Hovland's a guy that I'm a little bit concerned about. The putting has been really bad. His irons have been somewhat shaky, which is his biggest part of his game the last two events. So $8,100, if he's going to be low owned, it's fine. The guys at the bottom of the 8K range don't appeal to me as much as the mid to upper range of it. The Billy Horschels, the, the Louis and all this type of stuff. Louis did show life last week, gained 5.2 strokes putting though. He also gained with his irons. I don't know how much I'm going to bank on that much of an outlier of five plus strokes gained putting. Paul Casey, it's been three straight events he's gained with the putter, but his irons, if anything, it's like he's flipped his game around. His irons have been shaky, if anything. So the guys down in that range, I would say like $8,200 and below. Yeah, Scott, Wolf, those guys still stand out. Paul Casey, I'm always a sucker for. And then I can have Hovland or I could leave it. I expect ownership to be low, but we'll see. My favorite plays in the 8K range right now are probably Hatton, English, and then I would go up to Patrick Reed. Heading into the 7K range now, hit the like and subscribe button. Russell Henley is actually somebody that I normally don't play, but I am liking Russell Henley a good amount this week. You've just seen it back to back weeks now out of him. And that's what I need to see. If I see it for one week, it's like fantasy football. A guy pops off. You're like, eh, I don't know if I trust this guy. Back to back weeks, you trust him. And then he probably burns you. But Russell Henley right now at $7,800, he's gained strokes in all areas over the last two weeks, finishing top 10 in both. His thing is that he just doesn't normally have a good putter, but he's gained over three strokes putting in back to back events, averaging three and a half strokes gained putting in the past two weeks. So I would say that's a little bit of kind of a concern. It could be fool's gold because before that, it's very similar to Hideki gaining in back to back because before these last two weeks, Russell Henley only gained at the Amex back in January with the putter and then back again at the RBC with the putter. And he actually missed both of those cuts, believe it or not. So now in a no cut event, it makes me feel a little bit better, but I would be a little bit hesitant because the putter, I don't know how much I expect this to continue him just gaining strokes in a major way putting, but it's at least nice to see that everything else is also clicking for him. The approach have been as hot as ever. And then there's a lot to note in this range. I would say that Norin, his putting is just not sustainable. 5.2, 3.5, 6.9 strokes gained putting. I don't think that's sustainable. Even though he is like a top 20 putter, I'm not going to just bank on 
to gain five strokes putting out of him for a guy who's now priced up to the $7,900 range. Price above guys like Woodland at $7,800, who missed the cut last week, losing over three strokes in the short game. I'm fine going back to him. Sanjay's just been shaky everywhere after posting a top 10 a couple weeks back at a very easy event. At $7,700, honestly, I'm a little bit out on him. Answer who somebody came into my DMs last week and told me that he had a cut on his finger and was going to be compromised wearing a different type of a glove. And then he goes out and he loses strokes in every single category answer last week for the first time since 2018. So it could just honestly be a coincidence i don't know how much that actually affects you but he had to wear a different type of glove it was compromised in that way to kind of support it and he ends up missing the cut and losing strokes in every area so now he's seventy seven hundred dollars i prefer him to sanjay but i don't know how bad this cut is we're gonna have to see i jump back into my dms whoever that was i'm not going to say the person's exact name let me know if anything has changed this week from your sources i'm normally not interested in bubba watson but he did show life last week gaining in every single area at seventy six hundred dollars i'm fine going back to him this week i normally don't play him but i'm fine getting there ryan palmer i'm probably not going to get to he gained 10.8 strokes in the short game last week. He's the 57th ranked putter in this field, 43rd around the green. I'm not going to bank on that happening back-to-back weeks. Now the irons are fine here, but I assume ownership is going to come his way because of where he finished. I'm just not going to get there. There's so many better options around him. Cam Champs, okay. Jason Kokrak, his approach has been hot, very hot the last month. Jason Kokrak and Joel Damon, they were very cheap a couple weeks back in sort of a weaker field and a smaller field. Now this is a stronger field, but they're still at least cheap. So I don't expect these guys to win, but I do in a no-cut event expect I want some birdie or better guys. I want some guys who have advantage and Jason Kokrak is going to come in with top 10 off the tee numbers. He's going to come in with a top 20 ball striking. He'll get there for you back-to-back top 15s. Uh, he's been gaining everywhere. Putting last week was his only downfall, if anything, and still finished top 15. So he looks fine. Matt Kuchar, I think he's value. If you play cash for golf, God bless you, but I think he's value at $7,400 just in general. T18 last week, he gained everywhere. Uh, same exact price point as last week. He's 80 to one. He should probably be somewhere around $7,800 based on his Vegas odds. So I think you're getting just built-in value in Matt Kuchar now. Kevin Na was cheap in the six carry he gets the bump to 7,300, a T39 last week. He actually lost putting, which is not something you expect out of him, if anything. And it was the first time since the Charles Schwab back in June that he lost strokes with the putter. So I don't expect that to happen all that often, or at least in a major way. Fine getting back there. And then Mark Hubbard at $7,000 flat. You can see him at the bottom of the screen right here. I have interest. He's been gaining on average over four strokes on approach the last two events, 6.2 last week. He's pretty much gaining in every single area. You're getting him as a top 20 putter still too. So you get the putting excellence. And now you have him actually showing life in a major way, really, on approach as of late. So I like him at 7,000. Let's move into the 6K range now where it's only a 70 person field. So the 6K range is only going to be made up of about 24 to 25 golfers. A lot of them is just if their putter is going to be hot that week. Is Lanto, who's a fine putter, going to be popping off with the putter? He gets very hot and very cold. Birdie or better average type players down in this range. You have Taylor Gooch, the best in this range, 20th overall in this field. You have guys like Kevin Streelman, 22nd. You have Danny Lee, 25th, but be kind of cautious with Danny Lee. Guys like Sebastian Munoz, who's the minimum price last week, only rises to 6,300. He actually gained strokes putting last week. We obviously know where Munoz was. He started off his event. I don't know exactly what it was, but with like six or seven straight made birdies. And if you played him last week, you were like, yes, we just hit the bottom floor value for really not that much money. 18th overall, he finished last week gained in every single area, five and a half total strokes. He looks fine. Brian Harmon is somebody who's been very hot and cold this season. He's been hot as of right now, and I'm fine jumping on it because he's in the 6k range. He's a decent birdie or better guy, 44th overall in this field, especially for his price that he's priced pretty much appropriately, if not a little underpriced, finished 11th and 27th in the past two weeks gain strokes everywhere last week. And then there's just guys that look okay. Joel Damon at $6,500 has been playing well. Joel Damon's going to excel in a bunch of different areas for you, whether it's the ball striking, if it's on the approach, the tee to green, whatever it might be, even off the tee. He looks like a good fit here. He's inside the top 40 for birdie or better averages. I like him at 6,500 coming off of a couple of weeks of playing pretty well. And then we already talked about Munoz, a bunch of other guys that are looking better. Tyler Duncan's playing better as of late, but long-term and just outside of the last week or so, it's not that great. If you look at it in the very cheap range, I'm not really liking anybody at the 
flat min. Carlos Ortiz, there's only two guys there. I would choose over Herman, but I don't think you have to go there. He's really struggling right now, Ortiz, especially with the putter, which is normally, if anything, a spot that you can try and rely on Ortiz more for. Other than that, Nick Taylor in that range at 6,100, but then I'm getting up to the Munoz range and I'm getting a little bit above that. Adam Long has just been middling, like nothing crazy. I'd rather go for a guy who has scoring upside like a Munoz, like a Joel Damon to an extent down here. I think that Richie Werniski was picking up a lot of ownership relative to his price point last week. I believe he went out and missed the cut. He's fine, but he just really has a putter, right? That's what's going to help him, his short game. It's putting it around the green. I want a little bit more than that. He is top 35 in birdie or better average in this field, and that's going to make sense when you have a really good putter in short game. But he's also the outside the top 50 when it comes to just bogey avoidance. That's another reason why I like a guy like Brian Harmon. He's 27th in bogey avoidance, and he's 44th in birdie or better in this field. That's good. You could say similar things for Max Homa. He's not going to make a ton of bogeys. He's ninth in this entire field right now in bogey avoidance, and he's top 40 right now in birdie or better. So Max Homa, he's another guy that I actually, I'll make him a yes. I haven't been playing him as much as of late. There's some obvious downsides to Max Homa's game, mainly around the green. I'm not going to worry about that as much this week. And then we could give an honorable mention to Jim Herman, who did win a couple weeks back, of course, but he is not somebody you want to play. He ranks dead last in almost every single category in this field right now. He is 34th off the tee, but dead last in bogey avoidance, dead last in birdie or better, dead last in strokes gain total and tee to green and approach. So probably not going to win this week, probably not going to go back to him this week for anything, but that's obvious. So, so that's all I got. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure before you go like button, subscribe button for you, me, my head's starting to get a little bit dizzy. This headache is starting to hurt me again. So I'm going to try and edit this as fast as possible. So hit the like and subscribe button for the efforts. Be sure if you want to, to support me over on Patreon projections and rankings will be out tomorrow for the 70 person field. And on Wednesday, we'll have the closing thoughts podcast, NBA content going out there every day for the NBA playoffs. NFL content's going to start in two weeks. I cannot wait for that. We're less than three weeks away, two and a half weeks away from the season starting in just two weeks away from my content on the NFL DFS side of it starting season long stuff's going out every single day. So be sure to check that out when you have a moment. You can support the sponsor of today's show, Super Draft promo code SAL SAL will get you a 50% deposit match up to a thousand dollar rooskies. So thank you so much for tuning into this podcast and or YouTube video. You all rock and I will see you in the next one.